That's the first time I heard that. I know they changed that. <laughs> Good afternoon. I am lucky today to have Dallas Price, rugby coach and trainer, Speed, from Canada. This is a place that has been locked down forever, but she has managed to make online programs for clients, for speed and training, as well as for strength and other ways, um, while making sure their clients, as well as the girls for coaching and her adult clients, are able to get some stuff. So... The big thing about it is there is no excuse for why you can't train. There's always a way to find your way around. And Dallas is, uh, I have a good model now that can do it anywhere, any place. So Dallas, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, thank you for the intro. Um, so I live in Toronto. So it's the biggest city in our country. Um, and yes, we've been locked down for pretty much a year. The gyms have been closed. Um, I grew up as an athlete. I played every sport possible when I was in high school, elementary school. And, uh, by the end of high school, I started playing rugby and that kind of stuck because it was, it embodied so much of all other athleticism, right? So you, you catch, you kick, you, you hit, um, you run, you, um, so you kind of get to do everything. It was a little aggressive, which I, I enjoyed. Um, but by the end of high school, I started having back pain, I didn't really know why. And of course it was, I guess the late nineties. So we physio and rehab was still trailing behind. Um, I don't think we were kind of where we needed to be. So, you know, I saw physio and it just, I was an athlete. It looked dumb. It felt dumb to me. It didn't look like my sport. So I didn't want to do it. So my back got worse. I played a couple years after high school of club rugby and then I walked away from it. Um, I could barely walk off the field. About I was about 20 or so, uh, 22 after college. Um, and I was pursuing a career in music. So I just walked away. I didn't work out at the gym. I didn't run. I couldn't do any of it. So for about four years, I pursued music. That's why I moved downtown Toronto to write and record and perform and stuff. And I got this idea. I started back at the gym. And I got this idea that, oh, I could become a trainer and I would work less hours to, uh, so I would have more time to work on my music. Well, of course, I never, every trainer knows that is very not the case. So I, um, I went and got my certifications and I had my sports background and I started doing certification after certification after certification. I started learning more. I started going to conferences and I fell in love with it. And I realized the more I knew, the more I, I didn't know. Um, so it slowly started. Yeah. It slowly started taking over my life and music became a smaller portion of my life. And I think probably it took me till maybe closer to 30 to realize that this was my calling. Like I always wanted to kind of impact people and make a big difference. And I realized it wasn't supposed to be through music. It was supposed to be through, you know, fitness and health. So um, I had rehab myself back in going to conferences and learning from experts and stuff like that. Like, Oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? All this stuff that I just didn't know, um, about core and stretching and all this stuff that you don't listen when you're a kid. So I returned to rugby. I decided I was like, I'm going to go play one good year. Um, when I felt fit and I felt strong and that led to another nine years of playing. Um, I just couldn't walk away from it then. So I played right up into my mid thirties, uh, late thirties. 
um, fitter, um, you know, than I'd ever been in my early twenties. So I saw personally how training in a controlled environment, even though I had used to hate the gym and like the little hamster wheel idea, I saw that that controlled environment gave me back my life. It gave me back this passion that I had always had, but I didn't think I could do it anymore. And that just fueled my training and my, and my career that way to help people get out of pain. Um, you know, so I took a medical exercise course and I kind of focused all my efforts on getting really good at that and helping people with medical conditions, because I knew what it was like to, to not be able to do daily things because you were in pain. And when you're in pain day after day after day, nothing else matters. Um, so that really kind of grew my passion. Um, I started coaching rugby again about eight years ago now. Um, and that's when I started, I left good life, uh, like our big gym here. And I went out on my own. I started my own business because there was all these things I wanted to do that you just can't do in a, in a big kind of corporate environment. So I went, started my own business, Rock Fitness, and I started coaching. And then I just kind of, over the years, they started blending and I'd be coaching girls and I'm like, oh, you know, you really should work on your posture and, oh, well, work on your core here. And, and I realized that young athletes have, if you are not in a high performance environment, you very rarely get the help you need. And those are the ones that need it because they potentially are maybe not as, um, as, uh, excelled athletes. They may be a little bit weaker and maybe they don't have the resources like, you know, a physio on call or a trainer or something. So I saw this huge gap of all these girls, just like me get tearing their ACLs at four at 15 years old or back pain by 22. And like, it's affecting their ability to play. And at one day they're going to stop playing. And that was me. So over, I would say the last three to four years, I've really shifted into working with young athletes. Um, I want them to stay in the game. I want them to play the best. It doesn't have to be playing provincial or, or national. It's playing for as long as you want, you should be able to. And I want to empower them and make them stronger so that they can, they can do that. So that's where I got to here. And now my, most of my focus is with young athletes, though I have a lot of, you know, gen pop people, um, business professionals, but yeah, a long story. <laughs> so what, um, for rugby compared to other sports, what do you think is the biggest, some of the biggest differences that people don't understand? Um, cause I mean, like you said, it's for us, it's like American football and soccer put together, and you look at some of the they some of the NFL started taking rugby strength conditioning coaches and bringing them on in. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it is. That's a very good blend. Um, is like it's kind of like football, American football and soccer. Um, you have all the running. You've got to run for eighty minutes. Um, so all the big guys have to run for eighty minutes. But all the small people like me, I'm five one. Um, I have to hit all of those big guys. So. Um, there's no padding, right? You got cleats and a mouth guard. So you are very, very exposed and you're very, very aware of where your head is and where your body is and you have to use it safely. Uh, the biggest differences I've seen with like people who play, kids who play American football is what they tell me is because you feel protected in all of that, you know, padding, um, you are a little bit more careless in terms of how you hit, how you, it's just take the person down. It doesn't really matter how, um, 
but all you need to do is put your head in the wrong spot once when it's out there and exposed and you, you learn really fast. And that is something that we teach from, we start contact at U12, U13. And um, that's the first thing you teach. You teach them how to fall and how to brace themselves and how to strengthen their neck so that it doesn't whip into the ground. You teach them where to put their head and why it's so important. Uh, obviously injuries happen, um, but you know, that's something that I think because we rugby is looked at as, as dangerous, we're, we go so far above and beyond being safe and teaching safe. And after that big movie with um, Will Smith of concussion came out, you know, I know a lot of American football teams started teaching tackling like rugby players um, because we, we were effective at it, but it's also a lot safer. Um, I think for young athletes, because there's contact, um, you need a lot more strength. You need strength for it because you are having to withhold your own body weight plus the impact of one, two, three, four, five other people. If you're in a mall, if you're in a ruck, if you're in a scrum, there's eight on eight. There's 16 people pushing against each other. And if one is a weak link, which often, right, one person has to be, the whole thing collapses and it will collapse on that person. And it looks dangerous, but what's What's interesting is that at the higher levels you get, the more progressed and um, smarter and stronger the athletes get, the safer it is. The unsafe is that is when you're playing against when you have athletes that don't know how to play and they're amateurs. And that's that's what's scary in like the high school level, because there's no real standard where in Canada, it's we don't have SNC. Like it's it's not a thing unless it's a private school. We don't really have we just have it's just a gym teacher teaching them how to play rugby and they might've played 20 years ago and they may or may not know the sport very well or how to teach tackling. So that's, that would be my concern is that, you know, they, they need, that's the most important part is to teach them how to, how to tackle, but you'll see more injuries in the younger ages because they don't know how to move their own body weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And kids can run, but when they get tired at, 50 minutes, 60 minutes, 70 minutes, their form gets worse. It's like, it's like, think about doing a CrossFit workout for 60 minutes. You like, think about their, their form (laughs) after 20 minutes. Right. And that's what's happening. So yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that the the need for strength and, uh, and endurance and conditioning is so much greater in a contact sport because it's not just, you'll get slower. It's, you will not be able to take that hit that somebody's about to give you. And then that's where the danger is. Well, I tell people um, I've had, when I was living in the middle East, I was around British social club and they'd have the rugby up there and they had a rugby club there also in the middle East. And these guys would be drinking beer, just slamming into each other. And I'm like, and bleeding, get it back up. And I'm like, okay, I had a whole new respect. Once I started seeing that, I was like, Whole, then watching some of those guys get clobbered and they get right back up. I'm like, I'm like, I would be out and gone if I got hit by some of those guys. It, I think it does look a lot worse than it feels. I mean, I've been on the end of a couple hits that I've seen and I was like, oh, okay. It looks, sometimes it looks worse, but sometimes sometimes it just looks worse than it feels. It's, um, it's the momentum and stuff. It's more like the next day that you feel it all. See, we uh, back when I was younger, uh, we used to call that before I found out what rugby was. We used to call it backyard football. So you just try to kill each other 
while you're playing football. And I didn't know that was actual sport. Now I do. Um, except we don't, we had to get, we got, at least got stop and start and stop. You guys keep going like crazy the whole time. Um, yeah. When it comes to female athletes, um, what do you think is the biggest concern recently, especially you got the last, we've got, even the last year, we've just slowly come out um, of it. What do you, uh, for strength conditioning and injuries, what do you think, uh, you're starting to see the girls, stuff like that. They haven't, it's like going, what do you think is the biggest concern coming out of the COVID and for training? I think the lack of, of fitness, right? I, I mean, even the ones who are keeping up with it to a certain degree, um, they're, you're just not going to have as much. They can't get into the gym. Maybe they got a pair of 10 pound dumbbells, um, you know, and I think that if, as long as it comes back slowly, but I mean, nobody's going to be, our, our high school season is tends to be very short to begin with. So there's a, there's a concern. And if you don't have, if say you don't play club and you just play high school, you might come back with, you know, four weeks before you have a game. Right. Um, a lot of the kids are doing like hit training at home and conditioning, which is great for conditioning, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make you strong. Um, so I think, I think the, the problem is, is the lack of, of proper education for young girls on how they should get strong because to them, the narrative is jumping jacks and burpees and sprints or, or, you know, jump lunges and jump squats. And, you know, these girls' bodies are very mobile. Um, they don't have a lot of control and they've probably spent the last, you know, eight, nine, 12 months doing hit training at home, which is far from strength training. And they might feel fit enough, but that core, that stability that cannot be brought, you're not going to get that from plyometrics. Um, is going to be a concern because it was a concern before, but at least if they had gym class or something, or they were in a gym environment, um, they had some sort of um, resistance training. And I do think we're starting to shift with girls not being as scared to do resistance training. I think there's some great, like high level female athletes out there that are like, yeah, we're pounding the weights. Yeah, we're lifting. Yeah, we're squatting. And that like, that's making us strong. And young girls can look up and say, Oh, okay. If I want to get there, I, I need to do that too. But there is always that stigma and there's always a fear of size and getting overweight and, you know, girls being, yeah, girls getting, you know, too strong a leg, too big a leg. Cause you know, strength <laughs> might be some size, but that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. And there is always that fear. Unfortunately, um, I do think we're shifting away from it. But I, I think that a, a son, I think parents would look at sons at 14, 15 and be like, yeah, you know, he needs to start going to the gym. But their daughter, who actually probably matured a little bit sooner than that 14 year old son, who's like, a, and she's like a 12 or 13, she needs that stability training. She doesn't need to be, you know, deadlifting 100, 100 pounds, but she needs that stability training even more so because her, her body is just so much more mobile, so much more um, uh, flexible. And, um, and you see it in like, I've trained a lot of dancers and they got flexibility for days and they, they can't, they can't do a dead bug. You know, they can't brace their core without, you know, doing a, a posterior pelvic tilt. So it's, um, 
you know, young girls have a, a little bit harder time, I think, creating that stability and they need it more because they're so hypermobile. Um, and when you're getting contact, like, you know, girls have hypermobile elbows. Well, in rugby, we stiff arm. And when you put that arm out, right, like what's what's going to happen with that arm if it's hyperextended and you have an impact of someone coming against it. So I think it's even more important for girls and um, because boys, I think, naturally will will shift to the gym. You know, once they get to high school, a lot of athletes, I mean, they'll they'll start looking at the gym. But the girls, you know, it's usually not till like end of high school and parents don't think they need it. So, Yeah. And we and like down being down here, we can go to college on sports scholarships. So it's it's huge. And like you said, some wait until their junior or senior year before they're about ready. Okay, now I've got to, I want to be on this D one, and I've got to jump this much. I got to do this, but they can maybe jump, but they land their knees go. It's like on um, they don't like you said even basketball movement. They go to move. They part. They're like. They go to stop and they're like all over the place because their core isn't there. They can't stop and go. Like you're talking about hit. It's great to be in one spot. But when you're talking about when you're supposed to talk rugby, you're running full force, stop, go, turn. We know those G forces are huge with that body. And suddenly that hit doesn't seem like it did so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think there's a big push for sports coaches to kind of be everything. Uh, I just happen to be a rugby coach and an, a strength and conditioning coach. That's why I can blend the two. But I've done, you know, I did the world rugby level one S&C co- course. And I just did it to Do it. get the, the paper, right? Because it was all like just squat and, you know, oh, if your knees are falling in, what's what's happening, right? So it was all stuff I knew. But you had coaches, rugby coaches that went and took it. And they will promote themselves like an S&C coach. And... I'm not saying that they didn't learn something in that course. Absolutely. But, um, they're, they just to take, you know, eight hours. Um, it's, I think it's negligent. Um, and yes, they can give them more than what they could have before. But I think that the best thing a sports coach can do is team up with an SNC coach and a speed coach right? If you, if they're not both and get somebody who actually knows what they're doing. And even if they just write them a program and say, here, I get, you know, pay this SNC coach to write the program, whatever it is. Um, and, and give it rather than all you see sports coaches <laughs> is doing a bunch of jumping squats, pushups that look awful and like a minute long plank, which looks terrible. So they, even if they know it looks bad, they don't know how to correct it. They don't, you know, they don't really know what they're looking for. And they just think, well, it's doing something. And I get that the intent is, is there. And that's great that they, they know their kids have to be strong. Um, I do think there's a shift. I think there's a lot of good stuff being out there now. Our, our warmups and our activation is just so much better than even when I started playing. Um, but I do think that, you know, SNC coaches need to like, start linking up with sports coaches or look for one and say like, listen, like this is where you don't have to be everything. The sports coach doesn't have to be the supplement provider and the S and C and the rehab and everything, right. Find, find professionals that you can work with um, that, that can give you, you know, a team to help support your athletes. So you brought up a pretty cool uh, thing. So you talked about strength coach and you talked about speed coach. 
what do you, it's like, on, what are your thoughts on what's the difference? Because a lot of people out there don't know. Yeah. I mean, and I've been uh, strength training. I've been a trainer for 14 years now, I think something around there. And I never really got into speed. And obviously I, I, you know, I kind of understood the anatomy of it, but not to the extent that I've kind of gotten into. And I, that's, I, I shifted gears on that because when in doubt speed, speed wins. Right. And uh, rugby sevens is, is, fastly growing um and over 15s especially in canada and the u.s we're you know ranked third in the world so you've got a lot of athletes that if they're fast they'll teach you how to catch a ball they'll teach you how to tackle but you'll make the national team because you're faster than everybody else so if i can make my athletes faster right then then i know they're going to be better on the field so i do think it's different i don't think every strength coach is a speed coach I still would consider myself more of a strength coach than a speed coach, even though that's something that I'm really kind of putting all my focus on um, over the last year or so to get better at that um, and learn from, you know, people like Lee Taff and, and um, you know, there's a lot of other good ones out there. So um, I think that there's a, there's a need for it. Um, I think that, you know, the gym and lifting weights is really cool, but if you're not like, I even find when my, when my back is hurting, it's hard for me to demo that speed stuff. So I do think that there, we need like track coaches and, and ex sprinters to start stepping up and become really good coaches. And so that S and C coaches don't have to do it all. And sports coaches don't have to do it all. Um, you know, I had chat with a, a girl from New Zealand and she's working with one of the super rugby teams, which is, you know, these are the best athletes in the world by far. <laughs> I would argue about that. And they don't have a speed coach. You know, they have SNC, but they don't have a, a strict speed coach. Now rugby's tough because you don't really have any rest uh, long enough to do speed work. But it, I found it amazing that they don't have that. And even at the highest level. Um, and when you teach that, I mean, that's the one thing that I think American football does really well is, you know, they have these speed coaches. Cause I, I see that, you know, I follow them online and training these guys to run that 40 yard um, dash right now, you know, it, it does it in, in football. It, I think it translates because it is really like start, stop, go right. Like you, you take off like a sprint um, in rugby we got five, 10 meters. Um, so it is more of like escaping space and changing. And you maybe only get three, four, five meters to sprint, and then you got to do something. Um, so it is quite different, but that's like uh, Perry Baker and Carl Isles, who's, you know, some of the fastest rugby players in the world. The U S has done so well at pinning those, pulling those guys out of track and field and being like, do you want to go to the Olympics? Here you go. And they just give them a ball <laughs> and they're so fast um, instead of trying to make rugby players fast. So I think that especially for rugby sevens, I think it's a whole sport where if you're fast and you maybe don't want to like get your head in that big scrum and do all the messy stuff like there you it there's an opening. There's a spot for those athletes right now. Well, we have I talked about the 40 and the combine. We actually also have the five ten five for lateral and then they've got the three cone driller 
you're running fast, coming back really quick. So you're straight this way. You got to stop, run back, do lateral again, come back, round a cone, another five yards and back through. So it's, it's just like five yards type thing. And that's another way they do their testing. Like you said, can they stop? Can they uh, change directions yeah. really quick? Um, yeah. yeah, the 40, it's kind of more realistic for like for our guys, the wide receiver, the linebackers and the guys, most people are like 10 yards. And that's why they actually take the time for the 10, the 20 and the 40, because like you said, most for us, like 10, 20, that's about as much as you get. If you get somebody fast, like you're talking about wide open, gone. So like you said, they don't want to get hit. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I try and tell my girls is rugby is not a contact sport. It's about contact evasion, right? Technically you don't want to get caught. You don't want to get tackled. You want to score a try. So how well can you evade? And that's why sevens is so popular. There's less people in the field. There's more space, which means you get people, you get one little break and you're gone. And that game can switch from, from one winning to the other winning in like a split second, the game can switch. So it's, it's quite exciting. Um, you know, and it was, it's obviously back in the Olympics, which is, which is nice to watch. But I think that's what's so fun about rugby is you got two com- very different sports, you know, obviously similar principles, mm-hmm. but so there's really a space for everybody. I mean, we take, you know, huge, strong players and then we have small, fast backs, right? We have 15 very different positions and we've always been known as that sport that'll take everyone. <laughs> um, because yeah, like, I mean, you just have to be fit and it's, so it's like a blessing and a curse. Uh, we take everyone like, so high school, it's one of those like sports that we don't have tryouts. We're just like, Oh my God, you want to play? Like, we'll take you because we always need players. But the downside of that is you do tr- good side is you attract players that probably have never played a sport ever. So it's like amazing that they feel that they are safe at rugby and it's a safe space for them that they can try something completely new. The other problem is that they're usually very unfit. And again, that makes it very, uh, puts them more at risk. And, and then it's, and then they get one hit and then they get scared. Right. So it's allow, you need to allow so much kind of prep so that by the time they get that first hit that they've kind of built up a little bit of thick skin so they can handle it. So for speed, um, speed and agility for rugby. What do you think, uh, how is, what's your training principles on it? Um, so I think we train, so with rugby, you do need the conditioning, um, but you also need the speed. Um, I think if, depending on the position, you can kind of break down, you know, how much speed endurance and how far they're tend to running. So backs, you're, you tend to sprint, I would say 10, 15 to 20 meters where you meters up here. Um, and then the, but less often. So you're sprinting for longer, but you have more rest in between forwards. You're sprinting shorter distances, five, 10 meters, but more often less, less breaks. So you have kind of two distinct, um, areas to train and you can do it very, uh, team, uh, position specific. Um, in general, there is a lot of that lactic acid, you know, especially in the forwards, right. You have to hit a ruck then you have to get up and you have to hit a ruck and then you've got to make a tackle and then you've got to sprint over, you know, run over and support your teammates and then the backs make a run. So you've got to be able to get there. So there is a ton of kind of strength and speed endurance. I would say that's probably the biggest ones. 
Um, we don't get enough speed, like full out max speed work, especially for the backs. I would say that that's definitely needed more, but I would say in general that um, they need speed endurance and strength endurance because you need to hit or take a hit or hit a rack um, over and over and over with very little rest in between. And if you make that first half and you're good, it's the second half when teams make or break. And that's why the All Blacks has always, have always been so good because they still have that pedal pushed down to the max at minute 78. And that's when teams – Right. Once you hit that 60 minutes, 65, like Canada can, you know, our men's team can hold our own, I would say for about 50 minutes. And then it's, you know, it's just, it starts breaking down and that's when your, your form goes. So I do think it's really important to be training um, speed, but, and, and speed, like speed endurance and strength endurance. I, I would kind of be like, I would say that those are the best ones to try to focus on um, for rugby, but um, obviously we, all the energy systems are, are used in there. So, yeah. What are you, what is your thoughts on like girls and their strength training? Like if they're first starting out, what would you, what, how would you progress them? Like on just give a basic, like, okay, they hit one thing. What would you, how, what's a basic progress for you? Well, I think um, stability and controlling their own body weight is so important um, we tend to always train very fast and as athletes, we're, we're used to doing everything really fast. And then you come into the gym in this very controlled environment and you say, okay, I need you to do like three seconds down and three seconds up in this lunge. And they look like Bambi, you know, their legs are falling, they're tipping over, like they can't hold their own body weight. So I think we need to strip it back a bit from all the hit training that we talked about. Um, they need to be able to control their body weight. I've seen girls who are very strong in the field and then they come into the gym and we hold like 20 pounds and, and they're all over the place. You just see all this, like their body's trying to just find balance. So I think the isometrics and a very slow tempo stability work um, is super, super important for at least a good year. Um, and then I think girls need to not be scared of lifting, right? Like as you get strong, as you get stable, don't be afraid to put some load on, right. To add some weight. Um, you know, I've got, I'm training this little nine-year-old girl right now and you know, we're, we're doing five pounds, 10 pounds there and there, but you know, it's, she's a dancer, but it's crazy to see how well, she's, she just, her body just eats it up. And when you're young, a young girl who's 13, 14, 15, your body will love it. Um, it'll, it'll crave that, that adaptation and, and you'll get strong and strong at that age is not lifting more weight. So strong with youth at 11 to, I would say 15, 16, it's not moving more weight. It's your body becoming more efficient at your movement patterns. And so even if you haven't lifted more weight, you're still doing your own body weight. You're now more stable. You're now stronger. You're neurologically stronger because your body can move more efficiently. So I, I think that allowing those like slowing things down, um, girls always, of course, always are scared of screwing up. Right. I think that there, there is a thing with young female athletes that we're scared of, of mistakes. We're scared of dropping the ball. We're scared of, not being good at something when boys I think are a little bit 
more forgiving to themselves. They'll screw up. They'll, you know, try stuff over and over again. But young girls have to be given that space of, you don't have to be good at this right now. You know, you're 13 years old. You're not going to be good at this for a long time, but we're going to start that process. So I really think creating a safe space in a gym for young females to not have a judging eye, right? I, I think it's really important that young females potentially train in a gym where there's no other boys training at the same time. Um, I've done young in their high school, later high school. So it wasn't quite as bad, but we trained uh, rented space at a CrossFit gym, you know, and the, and these grown men are walking around with no shirts and grunting and screaming and dropping things. And they, it was so distracting to the girls. Um, now they weren't as insecure, but um, that is an environment that, you know, is, can be really distracting for girls. So I think creating a, a safe place and giving them so much time to learn and feel out how their body moves, right? Like, why does that hip drop? Can you feel, feel the difference on that? Like, oh yeah, becoming aware of how their body moves. Because when you're in sport, you don't have time. You're just moving. However your body moves, you just go and your body will figure it out. But in the gym is where you can slow things down, have a controlled environment and learn how to use your body. And then if they have a good coach, they, they can say, okay, so this is what, what would happen in a game if you did this, right? So you feel how your legs are. If you're in a scrum, you're going to drive forward like, oh, right. And then they can kind of get those two together. So, yeah. yeah I usually tell uh, the kids like going, what we're doing is getting all your muscles to work together because you're in a great, while you're growing, they don't ever work. And guess what? When we become adults, it gets worse. So while you're getting stronger, we're also, like you said, getting all the muscles to fire together. Um, the coordination becomes a lot better. It's not always about how much you can lift when you're when the muscles aren't firing together. That's when the injuries happen. Yeah. Yeah. And young girls, you know, um, we're, because of hormones and stuff, we tend to be much more mobile. We're much more flexible. So you've got to give a lot of times when you put load, right. Even just goblet or, you know, a little bit of, of, of weight, it stabilizes them. They have something kind of holding them down almost. Um, so not being afraid of, of adding load um, and, and allowing that load to create some stability through the joints. Um, I think we move too quickly into like a sports specific movement. We have young girls or young athletes who are 13, 14, and we're, we're doing all this sports specific movement. It's like, okay, they, they can't hold an isometric lunge. Um, without their foot collapsing or their heel coming up or their chest is collapsing. So I think um, as SNC coaches, I think we need to slow things down for them because I know it's, it's, it's very tempting to kind of get to the fun stuff and skip steps. And if, you know, I, I have one athlete, I keep saying, you know, it's going to take you 10 years to get this 10 years. And it seems so daunting but when you're 13, 14, like that's, that's only 23, 24. Right. And at that point, yeah, you'll be able to do all this really advanced stuff. I think that's the downside of social media is young athletes see it, athletes doing all this crazy cool stuff online. And they're like, Oh, she plays soccer and she's doing this cool exercise. So I play soccer. I'm going to do this cool exercise. They don't know the context. They don't know if that, that exercise has been, you know, is safe for them and for their movement pattern. And it's fun to like see stuff online, 
it's very different if you do not know if it's, if it's right for you. So if they don't have that guidance and have a coach, they're just going to try stuff. They're going to find their workouts online and it may or may not be good for them and relevant. Um, so I think that's, you know, the good and bad with, with social media as well. Very true. I want to thank you, Dallas, for uh, taking the time off, be able to talk with the, the audience today. Um, the cool thing about this, guys, is while she's in Canada, she's actually got online programming. So I'll have the information. So for you young girls that want a professional, someone who is able to work on your schedule, she has different type of programs. Some are just on your go, some are Zoom calls, some are a little bit more. So big thing about it is there is no reason why you can't find a good coach to help you through it. There's a lot of programs around here that are good, but there's also a lot of good coaches that happen to be above the border. Um, it's like on, and she's got plenty of time right now. Right <laughs> now, not we never know how long, when Canada decides to open up, she'll be running out of time and working even harder. So Dallas, thanks again for joining us today. And it was awesome listening to the background of rugby. Um, while I've watched it, there's still a lot of stuff that's still foreign to me um, when going through. I'm still in awe on some of the athletes when they get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, thank you so much. It's, it, it's my passion. I love, I love being, you know, talking about it and I love helping. I just, I just want to make athletes better and make them feel like comfortable in their own skin and make them feel strong. And I, I think that anything that can help with that, I'm, I'm all for. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hold on. I don't know if I'm paused. Thank you for joining us for Bear Essentials on Fitness today. If you like it, subscribe to a podcast as well as share it out to others that may be in the same interest. At any point in time, leave a question. Hopefully we can get back to you and give you the information that you're looking for. Again, thank you very much. This is Coach Chris from Bear Fitness. Oh, 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 oh,